0: Five. Hit me with a what's up on the starter Heyman text line or call into the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Same number. Greet me with a what's up and let's get to talking. You can follow the live video stream that Sarter Heyman provides on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Have at it. Get to it. A couple of things. Uh, shout out to Will, Will Breidenbach. Hope you're feeling better. Hope uh, you're on the quick and clear recovery Trey McGowan's brother keep working I know you're trying to get it together get that wheel together get it working thank you guys for joining me on a Monday lots to talk about I I, you know I, I, I get these show ideas and concepts and put them together and then my brain decides it's going to revert back to three year old me and be distracted pretty quickly. I'll start with women's basketball, though. I will do that uh, on purpose. That this is a team who, quite frankly, um, are we su- are, are we surprised by this team? Are we surprised by the 10-0 start? So uh, that's two questions. Are you surprised by the women's b- basketball team? And then second, are you surprised by them at all? the level of play, we did not and could not have, have guessed that Jazz Shelley would be playing at the level that she's playing. We thought she was going to be good, really good. But could we really expect that in 27 minutes of play, she'd average 15 points a game? that in 27 minutes that she would average six and a half rebounds a game. Those are pretty stellar numbers. New to the program, new in the space, new to the system, and figuring it out pretty quickly. Shooting 53% from three. 53% from three. Uh, My math says that's pretty good. 55% from the floor, 78% from the free throw line, 15.6 and a half rebounds and four and a half assists, five assists per game. She's also got a bank of uh, one and a half steals a game, one and a half blocks a game, and only one and a half turnovers a game. I think that's where it starts. I think that's where the focus begins. And look, Amy Williams and Chuck Love and and staff, uh, quite frankly, have been working in the shadows. It's not the focus. It's not the focus. It should be. Ten and zero. You figured out a way to to win ten games in a row. At any sport at any level, you have something to crow about. So let's crow. Next to that is their Aussie mate, Izzy Bourne, who's playing 20 minutes a game. And remember, these are these stats are these aren't even per, per minute stats. These are these are per game stats. Jess Shelley playing 27 minutes, 20 minutes for Izzy Bourne. Izzy is shooting 55 percent from the field. An area to circle with Izzy is that Izzy is struggling from the free throw line. She's 7 of 19. But when you're scoring 10, 11 points a game, five rebounds a game, that, that, that you're doing your thing. She's a force in the middle, especially offensively. And she battles defensively. Then there's the captain, Sam Hybe. Averaging 27, 23 20, 23 plus minutes a game. Sam's shooting 39% from the field. Not shooting much from the free from, from beyond the arc. But 85% from the free throw line. Nine points a game. Four rebounds a game. Pretty impressive. Four assists per game. Four assists to one turnover. That's her ratio. She leads them, and then when things get crazy and the traffic gets sticky, Sam gets them through it. The third perimeter player is is just as important, and Ashley Scoggin has been exactly what they need from that spot. She's shooting 47% from the field. She's also shooting 47% from three-point land, and she's perfect from the free throw line. That's through 10 games, averaging nine points a game. Well done. Another force. Penetrator at the point. Two shooters on the wing. Down low in your triangle. Alongside Izzy Bourne, Bella Cravens. Bella is shooting 61% from the field. 61%. She's also shooting 61% from the free throw line. Eight points a game. Eight rebounds a game. She's also giving you two assists per game. And she's, she's a piece of defensive work. Those are your starters. What makes this women's basketball team a little different is depth. Yes, they shoot at a ridiculous rate. This women's Huskers team shoots the ball at a high level. Now, to see how that translates uh, in, into Big Ten conference play, we'll see. But I'm, I have a pretty strong feeling that, you know, those numbers will remain true. But this group has answers off the bench. It has pieces. Let's start with the freshman, the true freshman, the legacy. Alexis Markowski, who's giving you 14 minutes per game. She's shooting 46% from the field. 46. Pretty impressive. She's also shooting 67% from three, having made her first uh, two on Saturday. Eight points a game. Six rebounds a game. Six rebounds a game in 14 minutes. Nine points... (laughs) That's, look, look, that's work. That's absolute work. Oscars have another big. And she's she's a floor changer. She stretches the floor. Annika Stewart, 50, 53, 51% from the field. 37% from three. She can shoot the three from deep. Has range on it. 80% from the free throw line. Five and a half points a game. Two and a half rebounds a game. All of that in nine minutes. X-Factor, Allison Weiner, coming off the bench. Athletic, graceful, strong at the same time, shooting 44% from the field, 70% from the free throw line. When you can get it off the bench and get four rebounds, five five points, four rebounds, and three assists in 15 minutes a, uh, a night. Kendall Coley, long stretch, comes in off the bench as well. 14 and a half minutes a game, shooting 54% from the field, 50% from three, 83% from the free throw line. Comes in and gives you three and two, and two off the bench. McCole Caton off the bench, giving you eight minutes a game, shooting 40% from the field and 30 from, 33% from three made 100% from the free throw line. Defensive presence. She's a ball hawk. Long, defends. Ruby Porter, who got substantial minutes last year. We like we, we like watching Ruby Porter play. But we know what we're getting here. 13 minutes a game, shooting 25% from the field. Uh, she's shooting 86 from the free throw line. Kendall Moriarty, she's finding her footing. She's shooting 53% from the field. Whitney Brown, who we watched last year get big minutes, especially in the Big Ten play. um, Seeing her against that level of competition, she's giving you seven minutes a game. Shooting 45% from the field, 50% from three, 75% from the arc. As a team, team shooting 71% from the free throw line. Team shooting... 39% from three. Team shooting 48% from the field in general. This team rebounds as well. In the 10 games, they're up 12 rebounds a game. Pretty impressive. This team gives you 15 assists per game. Pretty strong. And they'll give you 15 assists on 30 makes per game. They are checking a lot of boxes for identifiers for good basketball. We'll hit that. What's up, Brian T? Uh, Back from Sooner Nation. Glad to hear your friendly voice on the radio again. Have fun in your vacation. Get them feet up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are correct, sir. I am uh, six days from my, my first vacation in a while. Put my feet up. I'm not gonna to talk to none of y'all. Love y'all. I'll miss y'all. But I am not talking to you. What's up, Nebraska ball? Nebraska ball fan. I don't know about you, but Jazz has some of the best peripheral vision I've seen on offensive uh, defensive side in a while. Yeah, super high IQ. Right, anticipates very well. But I think I would I would guess that some of her anticipation comes from looking at game foam about tendencies of the of the folks she's facing. Plays a cerebral game, but, 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 man, her energy is crazy. She's infectious. Like, I would imagine that she's the, you know, she's one of the forces that her. Sam is quiet. I would imagine that Jazz pushes the button quite a bit. Hey, what's up, DP? From the text line, still waiting to hear Frost hire a running back slash special teams coach. Are there any rumors on names floating around? Will it happen before early signing day? uh remember my phrase let it play out let it play out i don't want to muddy the water with speculation about who's coming who they're talking to and that sort of thing i'm patient enough to wait until they announce so we can be clear and and, and get to work they've got it busy couple of days and they are supposed to speak to reporters on wednesday so what i would i would expect that at some point uh wednesday they will provide information first uh, formal conversation with Mickey Joseph and, and hearing what what needs to be said, and Coach Whipple, and we'll see what Mark Whipple has to say, and find out what uh, Donovan Riolà has to say. I, I would imagine that you know if, if if this is what's happening, they're being very specific about what their process is. But I will leave the speculation to others. I will, the rumors and whatnot, because ninety nine point nine percent of the rumors um, are made up. People who are just blabbering just to have something to say. I talked to my cousin's friend who has a dog that is walked by the third cousin of the first assistant to Scott Frost. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. So I'm patient enough to know that allow those folks to have conversations and hire folks when they need, as they need. And then they'll let us know. There's still some bowl games to be played. Uh, A lot of these folks, I mean, look, all these folks are doing a job. They already have a job. So whoever this is already has a job. They're doing a thing, and they may be doing this thing for games of importance or in situations that are there. So that's there. I'll let it play out because I, I want to see what what the what the wizard has in mind. Like, what's the end game? What's the intent? What do you want it to look like? And then they'll get to players, and we'll, we'll, we can deal with the you know the hundreds of players in the transfer portal, and you know there are folks that would love to spend time uh, with their face in the transfer portal. Uh, looking down and and identifying 300 players that they want to play for the University of Nebraska because they play a position that that Nebraska needs somebody. But then there's the consideration of does that person want to come to to Lincoln to be a part of it? And then does their skill set match the scheme that's going to be run? And, again, that's a more difficult question when Nebraska's still yet to unveil what that scheme is. We don't know. We don't know what the scheme's going to be. You know, if you're going to get those folks, right, in that space that will try to figure out, well, who are Mickey Joseph-type receivers? Well, what system are they going to run? What schemes are they going to run? What's he going to do with the receivers in the room currently? Do any of them fit what he wants to do going forward? Same can be said for the running back room. You've got guys in the room currently um, not sure what they're doing while they wait for a running back coach unless you've accepted a running back coach that already exists. But either way, you know, those guys are in the room and you'll have to make a decision whether those running backs fit your new offensive coordinator's plans and, and and schemes. While we fully understand that Yant and Johnson are not the same running back types, one may fit the system and one may not. We don't know. We don't know which one it is. Same thing, I mean, there are other players in that running back room. Do they fit? Do they get to reshuffle? Will they get to to, to compete for uh, number one spot? When does the competition begin? What's the competition going to be based on? Is it going to be on pass receiving from the backfield? It's going to be on pass protection for running backs in the backfield? We don't know. Things that we're going to know. We're going to run from the eye. You're going to run from pistol. What are you going to run from? You're going to run, you know, zone read? Like we're gonna run a pass option, which is that what we're gonna do? We're just gonna focus on the ability to, to be able to get into the RPO game. Because that, that that's a thing for, for some of these coaches. Tight end usage. Will you be able to use them and put them within the new system, new scheme? Is this a one tight end look? Is this two tight end look? Is this two tight ends with two receivers? Is it two tight ends as pass catchers with two receivers? Is it two tight ends as receivers with two? two receivers who can block more because of the run game? Or is it one and one? You need a big blocking tight end and then a receiving uh, kind of H-back guy on the the other side. There's so many questions. There's so many questions. I mean, through all of it, I mean, the the question becomes, who's going to run the team? Who's your quarterback? And you can't talk about, you know, offense without knowing who's going to be your general and then who's calling the plays, right? Does it fit? And just because somebody's in the SEC as a backup doesn't mean that they can come in and make the throws you're going to ask them to make with the blocking schemes and pass pros and and or uh, receiver combinations that already exist. So do you change for the new quarterback? Do you change – For the new passing game coordinator? What do you do? And then how will Scott Frost deal with it? Is this hands-off? Is this, hey, I want to focus. I just want to oversee, but I don't want to have to be in in charge of it. And and, and I'm not sure we know whether Scott – I mean, Scott, I can't speak for Scott Frost. I won't. But there's a new offensive coordinator – there's new offensive line coach and there's new uh, passing coordinator, passing game coordinator, and as those great minds get together and figure out what it is that they want this thing to look at, then they will get their pecking order and there will there will be a chain of command and and you know folks will have to pay attention to the to the, to the room of the receivers that are coming back. Who is going to be able to adapt and who is going to change who they are so that they can be the, the go to person? Because right now I'm not sure you have a go to receiver in that room. Who's who's the standard setter in that room? And that's an honest question. You guys can hit me up with that answer. Tell me who who the 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 the, the standard setter is for the receiving room. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Who's tight end number two? Is it Brewington? Is it Fedoni? Who do you expect to be there, right? There are a ton of questions. Like, who who replaces Toure? Who's the go-to? Who's the first? Who's the chain mover? Who is the possession guy? Who is your vertical guy? Because if you're not using Xavier Betts for the vertical game, you, you got to figure out what to do there. Can you use Manning as your, as your vert? Can he be the field stretcher? Can he be the zone breaker? Let me know. And then who's going to throw the ball, and then who's going to protect him? Are we, f- are we comfortable with the line group, with or without Cam Jerkins? Are you comfortable with him? I would imagine that the the question is whether you're comfortable with the offensive line without Cam Jurgens. I think some more questions are raised, <laughs> right? Because all the pass pro audibles have to come from that space, right? Some of the tricky scheme blocks that they have, you know, the dash concepts have to have to have a center who can who can get the snap off, hit him in the in the in the hands, and then get his his quick feet moving to get out into space to 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 cover. If 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 we said that the season ended with Nebraska's offense being a well-oiled machine, then we would have more answers. But we don't have those answers, so you've got to continue to ask questions. I think we feel better about the kicking game. I think we feel like we've got some kickers uh, in place, or at least some talent at the kicker position. We'll wait till the spring game and see whether this person, you know, whether these people can can take over those positions. But we don't know. We don't know, and quite frankly, if you ask me, I'm not sure I would. If I, I, I'm not sure I would bet that I knew who the starting five offensive linemen were going to be this year. (laughs) Don't know, don't know. So there are a a ton of questions, and again, we'll get more answers on Wednesday. But we'll see. We'll see. Because I'm I'm not sure. Um, I, I in the next segment I will talk about women's volleyball because that 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 was exceptional to watch. Uh, the journey for this team has been pretty pretty amazing and pretty spectacular. Right? It's, it's fun to watch. And and John Cook and staff they figured out how to get the right combination of players on the floor at the right time. And that is not a, that's not a common thing, and it's certainly not an easy thing. But he went through the rotation, and he built a trust with young players that other people didn't have trust for. They had talent, but we hadn't seen them play at elite, grade eight, final four level until they did. And boy, did they. Three freshmen, absolutely balled out. Rodriguez, Krause, Bain Horse. Biggest stage, brightest lights, biggest moments. They balled out. So we'll talk about them. Because they give us hope. They are the light we shall follow. This is 101 on 937 The Ticket.